better and worse with Jess and Rage. We drinking red wine on my grandma's couch. It that that just feels like sin a little bit to that me. That feels right, if you ask me. Well, you don't know my grandma. <laughs> I don't. She would never approve of red wine on her couch, let alone there's white carpet underneath here. <laughs> this is just a risk in it. I'm not mad, though, because this is a damn treat. What kind of wine is this? Lauer. This, this is, remember when Josh and I went to Come Cal- again? We, it's either Lauer or or. La- Lawyer or Lauer? I think it's Lauer. Okay, but it's spelled L-A-W-E-R. So it's not like lawyer. Lauer. Um, So Josh and I went to Napa and literally had one glass of wine here. And we're like, this is the finest establishment of all time. (laughs) One one time. (laughs) And we will be members. And, you know, sure as shit, every three months I'm billed like $250 for wine to come to my house. Fuck yeah. Living large. Living large. I mean, isn't it good? Mm-hmm. There's a Cabernet Sauvignon, baby. It's smooth for a cab. Just for you. Thank you. <laughs> These are our after dark beverages. I know. It is such an after dark thing. Because usually it's like sunny out. We're drinking Bud Lights. Yeah. It's but- like we're patio drinking. But now we're really winding down. Yeah, we're winding down for the we're night. We're setting the mood for me, Rage. Yeah. And I'm feeling some type of way. Uh, good. Do you need me to prepare the guest room for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm spending the night. I hope you do, Jess. Well, I work at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Ooh. Yuck. Okay. How's your week been? I saw you yesterday. Yeah, I've, I've, I've turned Jess on to my to my yoga bullshit. Not that I'm new to no... To, eh. Yoga bullshit. The wine's getting to me. I better slow down. Um, I'm not new. I'm not new to yoga, but I am new to kick your ass, want to die, power sculpt yoga. Shout out Rogue Awakening and Fairlawn. Shout out Karina because she is, not only is she funny, but she's just good. She's good at motivating you. But there was one point in the class that we took last week that I looked over at Rach and she's like, how you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, we'll talk about this next week on the pod because it was, I thought it was like torture. I'm like, oh my God. But I ended up loving it, truthfully, it, it, because I yeah. came back for the, actually next week. So yeah. it, I think like on a real note, Power Sculpt, so it's, it's yoga flow with weights and like a cardio circuit and, and like bands. bands there are bands yeah so it's like it's yoga but like i can't relax so like yoga like vinyasa like i just can't do it like i just don't enjoy it it just feels like a chore to me where this is like it's a workout and i feel like i'm getting the benefits of yoga it's also a hot a hot room yeah, 90, and that, 95 degrees we were just talking about them like i was knees to hands bent over <laughs> like keeled over and i don't do that when i work out like i stand up straight keep it moving i was seriously ko'd and i looked at rage and she just like gives me the smile and i'm like fuck off this is so hard (laughs) but it felt so good benefits are good i know i think what's so important like for me was like in my like healing of like my exercise journey was finding an exercise that I actually 100% enjoyed because until that, all I would say was like, I like hiking. Yeah. You know, like I don't mind running. Like there are times I'm like, I'm in the mood for a jog, Mm -hmm. but like this like power sculpt is like, I love it. So 
I encourage you, if you're ever like afraid of like trying something new, don't be. Do it because you don't know if that's going to be your new thing. Yeah. Like cycling for me, I go to Cycle Bar and that that's my yeah. one workout I love to do. Like Good. Power Sculpt for you. Power Sculpt for me is like, uh, my, I know my body needs that. Mm-hmm. So I have to go to like a class setting to go do it. And mm-hmm. I feel so good after. But, but yeah. yeah. Encourage you guys to try something new because that could be your new thing. Yes. That you love to do. Oh, good. We got some talking points before we get into our interview with our friend Jerry later. But other than that, how was your week? Do you have any good? Any okay. Stories, any good I'm going to. Th- yeah. I'm going to throw it back. Okay. Because this is a funny story that I feel like sticks with me and I just have to tell it. And if we wait any longer, it's not going to be relevant. Okay. Okay. So let me set the scene. It's so we can call it a stupid fight of the week, but it's really not it's just a funny Joe sitch situation. <laughs> so Joe and I love the movie Home Alone. Um, and if you don't, I don't want to explain the scene to you. You shouldn't be listening to the podcast because everyone loves Home Alone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's a I would argue it's a year round movie. Okay, yeah, I did too. When I wrote this story, I was like, yeah, does this even is this appropriate to even say? But I was like, no, we quote this actually year round. Yeah. So it's still, and we definitely still quote this. So there's this one part part in the movie in the beginning, and everyone's ripping on Kevin in the morning. You like, you know, everyone hates him, or no, it's like the night before, right? everyone's packing he's running around and he had just ruined dinner everyone knows the scene he goes upstairs and his cousin sister i don't know there's so many kids in that movie but he goes <laughs> she says oh what's the quote oh my god okay yeah she says you're you're what the french call les incompetents okay <laughs> and so everyone knows this scene and we just it started with my sister and i Britt and i used to say that to each other all the time we watch it with joe we laughing about it whatever here's the story so our dryer breaks and <laughs> we go to fix it. My dad's like, Hey, I'm coming over to fix it. So Joe kind of wants to like deconstruct it first for him to like get it all broken down, whatever. So he starts deconstructing and taking it apart. And there's this one screw that falls out. And Joe's like, I seriously cannot find this. Like this screw is like crucial to put it back together. And your dad is on his way. And he's Mechanic. and yeah, Jim's coming. <laughs> and here's the thing. Joe always gets so been out of shape about my dad coming and looking and being smart and being capable which he is 100 percent um but he just starts to freak out and gets in his head about it so he lost his screw and i'm like if you're just like slow down we'll find the screw it's not a big deal like either way we have tons of screws that we can kind of replace it not a big deal and he's like he said this he said jess i'm so sick of being les incompetents <laughs> And it was so funny because he was like on the verge of a freak out. Like he was already doing the hands through the hair. He was like, he was on the verge of it. Like I was like, oh my God. And the he hands through the hair. He pulled laissez compet so hard too. The way he said it was just so freaking funny. So we laughed it off <laughs> and he'll say it sometimes. Like my dad was over and he was like working on the, on the car. He's like, I don't want a laissez compétent moment. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you are so competent, Joe. You're smarter than most people. You're a damn lawyer. So but these are like examples like I, I know that you can just look at them and like laugh but like this is an example of how much like Joe needs you in his life because like if you weren't in his life he wouldn't he just like tries to match your energy and your humor you know and He's I think been, it like will yes. break him out of his like psychosis yes at times. it's like this and then that other example of him being like the only thing we should be funny about is the way your hair looks right now it's like <laughs> you're using me on me and this is great yeah. yes exactly so the fact that he used humor in a situation where he was seriously about to lose it, like, 
I saw the red in the face and I was like, oh my God. And I, that was just so unexpected, but that's so we, good. so we I use that like, a lot like, as your friend. I'm like, that's so much growth for Joe. You know? <laughs> it is. It like is. Before it was like, Joe, take a cold shower. You need to reset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's so good. Dude, laissez compétent is funny. That is funny. But he's not incompetent. He's very, very smart. But he is smart. But he uses that a lot and I love it. I think it's funny. Okay, that was it. Okay. I wanted to bring up something because these are for the OGs who didn't come from TikTok where we, the the little clip that we went viral on on TikTok wasn't even from a real episode. No, we were just bantering. We put put the mic on record just to like get a feel for things and this kind of spewed out and... And it was like a clip I had on my phone and I was just like trying to figure out TikTok and of course... I didn't even link up the real audio to the video. I was just like, fuck it. No one's listen- no one's watching anyway. Of course, it gets like 400,000 views or some shit. But I wanted to share this information with the world um, because I just had my time of the month. Because although I don't know if syncing up is a real thing, I think that I don't know if that's rooted in misogyny or witchcraft. It's 100% is. 100% is. But now I'm on my period. We should put tea. We should be having tea. Well, I'm not cramping right now. But guys, hot tip for you. If you are having menstrual cramps, okay, um, put a little wine in your tea. I um, found this out from a past coworker of mine who was pagan. And she told me this like little, little pagan tip, tip and trick. And I've been using it. Ever since I have not used it since you've tipped me on this. Yes, you're sleeping. So we're telling our podcast listeners now, okay, because they are not hip. They're not hip to the to the TikTok knowledge. Okay, and I wanted them to know because on okay a few days ago I was right before well right before bed I was making myself my normal concoction which is black tea with wine and I'm like right before bed I'm like that's not gonna work. Rach poured it out. Had to do some herb tea. Then, oh, I, does it, is it speci- oh, is it specific wine? Um, from the the TikTokers, I think our our conclusion is like black tea could work because caffeine might help. Red wine, um, but like a nice raspberry tea would Ooh. be well would be good as well. It also sounds good. Yeah, it's just it's just good. It's just good. It's so. good knowledge for you. I wanted for your everyone. Ladies. Everyone that didn't see that TikTok um, that we have, you to know. To stay woke. Stay woke on the stay on, woke on, on the, the pagan stuff. On the pagan concoction. They don't be slipping on it. home <laughs> remedies. Okay. <laughs> they ain't slipping. They ain't slipping. They're okay. on top of it. What else do you got for us? Okay. Another thing on TikTok. We're apparently TikTok is our life. We don't know, but people I, are loving us on the TikTok. We're not sure why. We are thankful. We appreciate y'all. I know. So we wanted to do this new segment um, where hopefully if we don't ramble for too long, we can respond to the questions that we're getting in our comments on Yeah, TikTok. so this will be fun. I'm excited about this. I actually have no idea what you're about to hit me with, but okay. So still excited. this person, Aries.Stottle. Oh, Aristotle. Nice to Clever. meet you. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, commented. What would you advise to do to maintain independence through a relationship? Ooh. Isn't that such a good question? I love this. I love this because I, I feel that I need this independence and I feel like it's super important to grow as a couple with having your own lives. Yes. Um, 
I'm someone who relates to being an extroverted introvert. Mm. So I need a lot of time alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, at night, Joe and I, he'll like stay downstairs. This is like a newer thing with like a few months. He'll stay downstairs, watch TV. I go upstairs and hang out and have alone time. Yeah. Like I... I think it's I, like normalizing those kinds of behaviors. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. knows it, too, because he knows that about me. And it's like, it's not about you. It's not that I don't want to spend time with you. But in order to love you more and have a healthier, better relationship with you, I need to fulfill myself. So yeah. and that's also like going to workout classes for me mm-hmm. where sometimes I'm just like, got to go. Yeah. Cup is full. That's how I say it's my metaphor. It's like when I've done too yeah. much, like I don't have enough time for myself. I'm yeah. like, got to got to empty this cup. And that means alone time for me. Yeah. I think like normalizing conversations around independence, you know, like I, a big thing for Josh's video games, and we've talked about this before, I don't understand them. I don't relate to them, but it's part of his independence. It's something he absolutely enjoys. So I'm not going to get in the way of that. And like, although there are times where I'm like that typical girlfriend that's like, you're going to play video games and not hang out with me. I do that. I'm that girl. <laughs> I but that still doesn't, want- that doesn't support his independence. <laughs> no. So. But I, we will like, work on that. We will work on that. Like I slip up, but like there are times where like I I understand. I understand that that um, that's important that important to him. to him, and I don't have to have an opinion about absolutely every single thing he does. And I think like a lie that we are taught to believe about relationships is that you have to be on the same page about everything. You have to enjoy doing all the same things together or you're doomed for failure. But I think if you have a mutual respect around independence, around like you do this, I do that. And as long as you communicate through that, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Like I'm never going to play video games and Josh is never going to. Like, no, these things don't have should, to be yeah, yeah. done together as no. a couple too. And from someone like Joe is someone who doesn't need or like love alone time, but mm-hmm. I do. But he also knows that I've communicated to him that that's what yeah. I need. And that's just respect. Right. Right. That's respecting you. Hashtag respect. Respect. Put some respect on my name. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like just communicate that. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to do it. And then actually do it. So communicate it and then yeah. take that action. Be like, I'm going out. I'm stepping out. I'm going for a drive. Yeah, we'll do that, too. So and if you're not with someone who if you're not evenly matched in that, like if you keep on having these conversations over and over, like, hey, this is just about my independence. This is just about me like needing alone time. This is just about me enjoying something that I enjoy. And your partner's not respecting that. That's a different conversation. And a different episode. Yeah. Maybe, maybe next maybe time. Maybe back to the ex. The breakup. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. No, no, just communicate it. That's that's what I. We got a weird. I I deleted it because I was like, this is such a weird. A message on Instagram from someone who was like, absolutely, just like a troll account. Oh, which like I know we're gonna. I'm not ready them. for the haters yet. We have a lot of support, which is good. Yeah. but they're about to come. They're no, we come d- for we me. get hate on every like opinionated relationship advice post. But we don't. We don't claim to be experts. No. We say that. We said this is unsolicited. You don't have to listen to yeah, it. We actually don't know what we're talking about. But thanks for listening. But this person, he, you know, they didn't follow anyone on Instagram, and no one followed them. So I'm like, this is just, mm-hmm. this is just a troll. They they messaged us, and they were like, do you talk about, do you give advice to anyone else other than couples that are divorced? I wanted to message back being like, I've actually never given advice to couples who are divorced. Yeah. I, never. I've never talked about that. I'm married and talk about my marriage <laughs> and the advice within my marriage. So People are fucking wild. I know. I'm not ready for that. I know. Okay. Give me, shoot me another question. Okay. I have one I'm more. Ready. 
I should go. That's a good one. I like these. This TikTok segment's fun. This is uh, this is more pointed. Um, how can I expect someone to love every part of me when I don't even like or know every part of me? Therapy. Yeah. No, no, that's and not that's not necessarily answer. No, no, it's not. But I'm just saying, like, um, like a, a way for you to get to know your yourself is definitely through therapy. Yeah, but it's also just um taking that time to yeah. not not. Not but if say say okay say in this situation you're in a relationship and you're like man you know you're in one you're committed and you're like i don't even like myself i don't even know myself i think that's okay you know like josh and i had this conversation so the other day blindsided me with i know these. i probably should have told her about it but because josh was feeling guilty he like when i because that tiktok that just went viral was about the like you have to know yourself and he's like i don't even know myself and i was like that's not true you might not be secure with yourself 100% of the time. I was like, but if we were to break up, you would still have the same interests, have the same friends, do the same job. Like, you have a life. You're secure in that life, right? Um, but I think, like, you're allowed to not like yourself all the time. Yeah, you I know? feel like that's normal. That's so normal as you're growing up. Um, and I think... I guess the answer is, like, you can't expect someone to love a version of yourself that you don't love. But someone might anyway. You know? Yeah. Like. It's so tough. I'm, like, really sitting on this. And also, I want to say I said therapy because I've learned a lot in therapy to learn to love myself. And learn to communicate my feelings, which has helped me. Um, so I feel like that can be beneficial. I wasn't like, you need therapy. Yeah. We don't know. No, no, no. I mean, it's the best thing. So that's not what I meant, but it's also like, damn. Yeah. That's I mean, good. That's good. These are the thing, you know, like there are those cliches. You can't love someone until you love yourself. Right. Like, and we said that in our last episode, but I do feel like, yeah, there are always points in your life. Like if you're married for 40 years, I'm sure you're not loving yourself for all those 40 years. No. We're but granted, human. we can't give advice on that. We're Neither human. one of us has been married for 40 years. I tapped out at four. <laughs> I tapped, I tapped out. out. I tapped out. <laughs> um, so. Okay, let me think on that. I come back maybe next episode. Back. That's tough. But I like that. Right. I encourage everyone. So my goal in therapy when I started was like, I want to know myself i was like i want an accurate view because i got out of a relationship where like someone was telling me who i was and i was like i don't think that's who i am you're telling me that's who i am i don't know and then i was also getting feedback from my friends that were like no Rach, you're this person you're this and you're that and i was like i want to be that i think i could be that but like when i was working with my therapist i was like i just need to know like what am i you know yeah and that is a huge journey that you need to go through like for yourself my therapist first first session was like yeah you're um using humor to cope a lot and uh that's not tolerated in this session i was like (laughs) so got me yeah (laughs) no but it's i it was good and i was like it feels good to be called out and she's like no it feels good to be seen sobbed but it felt so good though it it feels good to be seen and that's stuff that you you feel very seen in therapy and hopefully if you don't you don't have the right therapist and that's okay 
That's also okay. Don't like knock therapy just because you don't have the right therapist right away. Just like don't knock mental health medications because one's not working for you. Mental health is a journey. Therapy works for most people. Medicine works for most people. It doesn't work for some. You know, I'm not a doctor <laughs> yet. We don't Shut know. Up. I got time yeah. on this earth. Yeah. I'm starting another business. Who, yeah. who else knows? She's just adding, adding I just, those things to the resume. You know what I don't do, Jess? Um, think about future me. Um, I past We me, live it in the moment, sis. Yeah, we live it in the moment. Past me is like, you know what? This sounds like it would be really fun to work on. And then like present me is like, you bitch. <laughs> you have a job. <laughs> you have a business. You're telling me you're going to start another one? With a brick and mortar location, which requires memberships and payroll system, and you're gonna crush it. You're gonna crush it. I hope so. The thing that's really getting me through, because I've really been, I I've been a little bit struggling with my mental health. I felt a lot better today. I feel like we just go through like a dark week. It's called seventy degree weather. <sighs> Maybe I just was like, I got a I got a good deal on some chairs at, at the restore, and I think that really nothing just, like, will make a day like a good deal. Two dollars a chair. Are you fucking kidding me? I wish I was more of a thrifter. I don't. I don't look for deals. I don't shop on sale. Oh, my God. I know. I'm hoping Jerry shed some light on this situation when I become a mother someday. She's not a financial advisor. I'm just hoping when she's like, when you have kids. I just need her to scare me straight, you know, that you got to shop on sale. You got a secondhand shop. (laughs) It's not that I don't shop secondhand. Sometimes I thrift. Sometimes. You thrift for the aesthetic, though. 100%. You thrift for, like... 100% 100% if you don't think I thrifted Levi's and a big old baggy plaid shirt because I wanted to look like a Gen Zer, you're crazy because I did. <laughs> and you got a middle part. <laughs> I'm never getting rid of this. Ever since my... Ever, <laughs> are we doing it? Yeah. Ever since my, my haircut got called out, I've been bitter. You've been <laughs> reeling, truly. I know. Whatever. Whatever. I know. I should. I can't let millennials down like this, but... I'm just trying to say hip. Really? Hip with it but yeah uh <laughs> with it. segueing in um yes. for th- for those of you that don't know what today is about we're interviewing jerry steinmetz who i know through photography and jess actually doesn't know personally but knows virtually we talk all the time <laughs> on instagram and refer each other to different clients um mm-hmm. we talk quite a bit and we've had some very funny conversations. So I know, I feel like I know her very yeah. well. And but this I'm is so excited. This is going to be so talk. good. Even if you're like, I'm not even in a relationship and I don't want to like, I'm not. It doesn't matter. Jerry's funny as fuck. Jerry is one of, if not the funniest person I've ever met in my life. You know, when someone like, te- like I said, the only reason, the only way I know her is through text. Yeah. But she texts like she, I know, like yeah. I know she talks mm-hmm. and she's just. A comedian at heart, she and is. I know it, and it's, it's and so excited. We're just talking about her character, but also like sh- her podcast right now, Ladies in Tangents, that she hosts with her cousin Sierra, is blowing up. It's goals for us, so we yeah. <laughs> is what we strive to be. Yeah, we're so freaking proud of her. You should listen to her and Sierra talk about like real issues, but in like such a smart and funny bantery way mm-hmm. um their podcast is so good and you can binge like a, I, they have more than 60 episodes out, oh yeah i'm sure by now yeah yeah so it's like go for it you know so so if good. you're if you're a podcast slut oh 
Binge it all. Binge it all. So we're going to try to get on with Jerry. We're going to switch over to a Zoom call. And I'm praying to God that this works. <laughs> Don't judge us. If it doesn't, we will get through it together. All right. We'll be back in a second with Jerry. BRB. Jerry, what are you drinking? Um, This is Frostfire. Mm, it's a local winery. I don't remember what it's what it is. Red or white? Looks white. It's white. Yeah, I got this glass from Goodwill. There's two of them. What a delight to find a set. You know what I mean? Wow, very At much so. Two. Very cute. Oh, no. Thank Great you. Great vintage. Well, Jerry, <laughs> welcome. Here's a virtual cheers. Yay! Yay! We can really cheers though, Jerry. Oh, Jess, we're in the oh. same place. <laughs> I just like smash my computer. that's the last bit of me that you see every time i see you i'm in awe of your beauty i just can't stand your hair i can't stand your face i can't stand i just feel one i just feel like i'm being transported into just like an episode of ladies and tangents like your tangent couch look at you do you like the setup is unreal over there can i just point that out soup's cute literal dog penis right here that no one's called us out about it's an anatomy, you know. Okay, our so faces not- are in, are in the way of that, but I do need to, oh, to well, show our listeners. <laughs> oh, the dog penis? Oh, you're- oh. oh my God. Do you see you so can't you, see it, Jerry. Jerry, really, if I look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't notice it. Well, joke's on me because that's the female reproductive system I just read. <laughs> so <laughs> there is no penis. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you learn something new every day, don't you? That's why your veterinarian crew hasn't been calling you out, Jer. <laughs> can't, can't wait to talk to you guys about children because I clearly know how they're made. I know. I was just like, she's got it on her wall. She You've exactly created how it works. two penises, to my knowledge. So I had, well, I had help, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want you to works. know that I am damn near flammable right now with the amount of dry shampoo that's in my hair <laughs> i had intended to shower this week and it's not happened so but this also is no need with long hair that's a trick of the trade truly because we don't see what's going on up here we just see this mm-hmm. voluptuous yeah, yeah, which yeah. doesn't get oil i'm just distracting you with my dead ends <laughs> and we're here <laughs> for it. don't and we... look up here and jerry you're Fall. your own hairstylist so i think that's on you Jerry I'm not. Hair. I haven't. Not. Since when? Haven't. She switched over to the dark side. Well, her best friend I is did. a hair hair hairdresser. Yeah, yeah. My best friend has a salon in Cleveland, Exodus. If you guys want to go, that's where I'm going. But on. King's Church people. Yeah. Um, we I went it. to her for the first time. She's had. She's been a stylist for as long as I've like we've been graduated. But I just have this phobia of people cutting my hair. It's like definitely rooted in childhood trauma. So <laughs> I was cutting my own hair because I'm like, if I'm going to hate someone, I'd like it to be me. I already do that. <laughs> so I finally did end up going to her. And then, uh, yeah, it's, you know, pandemic time. So we just letting her grow. We love it. I think it looks great. Thanks, guys. Did your children get to bed Okay. Hence, hence our, we're, we're after, we're after hours. We're after hours. Hence we're, why we're drinking wine. We're after you hours are... because 
mom life over here. It's after dark. Come on. You guys are going to get a special Podcast visit from Clack, I think. Um, Bring in the special guest. Do you need to come up? Okay. Mosby. Or don't. Whatever. Mosby. You're really thrown off the vibe. Um, yeah, they got to bed just fine. <laughs> we were, it's been like above freezing. So we were able to go outside and we were just like running in the yard. Jess, I literally was picking up dog poop thinking of you yesterday. <laughs> Did you have a nice little system to it where someone holds the bag and the other one just tosses it in? How do you well, guys nor- do it? Normally, um, <laughs> Ollie follows me curious. around the yard and he just has the trash can and I use the scooper and I put it in. And then he points out to me anything that I've missed. Define scooper. He's- what kind of device are you using? Do you have so- an Amazon link? Do you, do you, you get referrals? Can you in bio? <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to. I think we got it from a pet's place. But it's like, you know, a shovel with a fork. We oh. need. We, yeah, need. so you rake it in there. And so if it is soupy... You also just kind of like cut the grass around it, which is fine. We were doing it yeah. with some some hoe tool. Yeah, Wasn't some hoe tool. Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> text Shane... me later because I need need. Will do. Will do. Shane Appreciate calls me that. his hoe ho tool as well. He's like my hoe tool cleaned up the dog. <laughs> my hoe tool cleaned up my winter's load, and that's yeah. how you keep the marriage alive, everyone. <laughs> Honestly, oh derogatory gosh. terms. Yeah, <laughs> that's the real secret. Terms of endearment. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jerry, we did give you a little intro before we started this. You know, we hyped you, you up. Yeah. How you how we know each other? Mine and Jerry's. Oh, we didn't say this. Mine and Jerry's first date. Um. So I picked her up. She flew out to Oregon for the photography workshop I was hosting, and mm. I very seriously asked her if she wanted to go to IKEA for lunch, and she jokingly was like yeah <laughs> and i was like great i'm hang- yeah. i got a hangry for some swedish meatballs and jerry found herself always go for meatballs cafe with some bitch she just met we <laughs> unloaded so much information on each other you That's were like rachel, rachel, rachel has that industry is not easy yeah i owe my life to rachel rachel's like my big sister who's younger than me hey <laughs> she's the reason i am in I have just okay. car photography. Cheers to that. Well, Same. I didn't put in well, any I of the work just for either of you. But <laughs> Great. For you. Right. I, cha- I decided to change my photography name at the workshop. Rach is the first person to show me how to use a preset. She like, do you remember? <laughs> Same. What the fuck do I do for a living? I don't even know. I swear to God, I disassociate the entire time. Yeah, you don't you remember? Just... <laughs> we were in the hotel and I was like, I've never used a preset. Can you show me what that's like? And right. you said, send me a raw photo. And so I did. And you looked at me and you go, no, send me a raw photo. Yeah. You shot in JPEG. No, no, no. no. Jerry took some s- insane course and she uses, what is it? It the, A white disc. balancer. An expo disc. Yeah. I custom so set my white balancer. It, it's fucking perfect. I was like, oh. Yeah. Damn. Because like, this is such a photography nerd, but we got photographers, so fuck it. Yeah. You can listen to we this. We gonna nerd out. With Kelvin, you can only affect like warm versus cool, but Expo Disc can affect tint, you know, pink versus green. Yeah. And so your in-camera stuff yeah. is just like immaculate. I bought an Expo Disc absolutely after Jerry recommended it. <laughs> Do I use it? Absolutely not. Because I don't learn. 
I just yeah. get well, everybody else to be better than me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just that person. I'm the person that like helps the person on the horse, whatever yeah. that job is. Like I'm not <laughs> the jockey. Just like, I'm you just are the, the mama bird sitting in the nest, like fly, <laughs> fly my chickens. Yes. And then you just toss us. Yeah. With like zero judgment. Like I had no, I was shooting crop sensor, didn't even know Lightroom that well. And she just like wow. came and sat next to me. She's like, how are things going for you? And I was like. Clearly, I'm sweating, and you could see it in my fucking armpits. So help me, God. And she sat next to me and walked me right through it. Like, zero judgment, and I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Shut up. Shut up. You're also the reason I'm in therapy. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) If I bully someone hard enough, I can get them to do anything. Honestly, (laughs) she really strong arms me, but, like, I need it. I genuinely need it. She has that effect on people. That that effect yeah. as well, too. Yeah. I just, you know, I can't be everyone's therapist. So she has to so well, I have to outsource. outsource. <laughs> Send him to actually real therapist. I mean, literally, even this summer, I have identity crises all the time. I was, like, talking to schools about getting my degree in counseling. I love it. Yeah, you I do, but yeah. it's, like, we love they're, like, oh, yeah, three years. And I was, like, three fucking years no i'm not signing up for that i got shit to do i would rather sign a lease (laughs) and i did i signed a three-year lease i'd rather starting another business so you know mental illness follows me everywhere (laughs) (laughs) and we love that for you oh my god jerry this is already a treat we haven't even gotten into what you're talking about do this forever so jerry um is a mother and two and yeah of a few Remember yeah. that that time when you got pregnant and it was like, whoa. <laughs> Which time? <laughs> I've been pregnant like the majority of my marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah it's wild. So wild. Which is something we want to dive into too. Yeah, so we brought Jerry on because we thought it'd be really good for people to, to... I think for me it was like stop fantasizing parenthood and yeah. hear a real like... Whenever Jerry was talking about, like, because I've been friends with Jerry from, like, first miscarriage to, Mm -hmm. like, you know, now having two children. So it was, like, seeing that whole process. And I just felt like she had such, like, a refreshing view on parenthood where, like, you, you could acknowledge, like, hey, this is something I want and I've worked for. But also, I also wish I could run away. Uh-huh. to washington and not 100 and i was like that is such a healthy like view that i wanted other people to to hear and so thanks for doing this yeah <sighs> um Jess, do you have any I... opening remarks that you wanted to make are you Sorry. segueing me into that i don't know okay so this is i guess before i want to hear jerry's background story mm. before we kind of segue into do you want to give like your yeah, yeah. Your, just a quick synopsis my journey into getting to motherhood or just yeah. like how how early do you want me to start? Like when I was six, I first thought about being a mother. <laughs> no, we're going you way did. back, Whoa. all the way back. No, um, so my husband and I were together for like four years before we got married, and he wanted to like knock me up before the wedding. He was like, "I want to be a dad." I like we wanted a family terribly, and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> you're in school." financial stability is important let's hold up let's get married let's figure this out and immediately after we got married I got pregnant (laughs) so fast 
and so we got married in June. I was pregnant for the first time by Thanksgiving. And I by Christmas I had miscarried. So uh then we got pregnant again in April. And I had a miscarriage in the second trimester Ugh. that July. So after that miscarriage, I found out um, that I have a genetic issue, potentially. <laughs> There's been some con- contesting to that diagnosis. But essentially what I was told is that the protein that tells your placenta to say attached to your uterus, my body doesn't make it. So my body was like spontaneously aborting my pregnancies. It was just wow. like detaching. Um And I was told if I ever wanted to have children, I was going to need to do two shots of a medication in my stomach every day for the first 15 weeks of my pregnancies. And then also stick a pill in a place that you normally don't stick pills. (laughs) And just like hope that it sticks. It wasn't even a guarantee. So, yeah, we were told that because my second loss, um, because I was 16 weeks along and because of where the baby was, um, it was not safe for me to miscarry on my own, like for my body to go into labor naturally. So I had to have a surgery. And because of that, there was scarring in my uterus, which left it left me struggling to get pregnant for like six or so months. And I know a lot of people struggle for longer. But for me, who like my husband sneezed and I was pregnant, like that was a long time for us to be trying <laughs> and it not working. So... We decided to stop trying. We were like, we're not going to have kids. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to do this. Um, at that point, I had started my photography business. My, I had decided I was going to leave teaching. We were going to move to Washington. We had already started this idea of a new life without children. And then I got pregnant with Ollie. <laughs> and I started doing the medication and he was born perfectly healthy, no complications wow. with the pregnancy. And then, sweet Jesus, <laughs> two <laughs> days before his first birthday, I Shane was pregnant sneezed. again. <laughs> and now Forrest is six months old. So it, we will be married five years this year. And in that time, I was pregnant four times, two losses, and then two babies. And now he has a vasectomy. So... <laughs> Nice. Yeah, That's girl, get that vasectomy. You were like, we are done. Got <laughs> that shit off. Um, yeah. Jerry's children are who I show pictures of. Like, I was at my, like, my, they're like my aunts and uncles, but they're technically my cousins. And I was at their house. Uh, yeah. We went to Pittsburgh to go to Ikea. And so we stayed there. And they're showing pictures of their grandkids. And I'm just like, this is a picture of some, look at these pictures of my friend Jerry's They're baby so eating cute. spaghetti. <laughs> like, <laughs> Please look at them. The cutest uh, fucking kids on earth. I am Congrats. genuinely concerned that they're like not mine. Because I thought <laughs> I was going to give birth to like aliens. And then when they came out, I'm like, yo, this one's too cute. Like freshly out of me, entirely too cute. cute. They were too, very cute, fresh, and I don't say that if about. You, and that's about not babies. that's not common. I mean, you could be biased and be like, "This ain't cute" because it came out of me. Listen, you love it so much, right? And it's like, if anyone like says that there's no such thing as an ugly baby, like you're lying. You're, you're lying. lying. You really are. 
And I was prepped to have one. I'm like, it's okay. We have this thing called hope and we will pray that you grow out of it. You know, come into yourself, like celebrate you I as like you are. That's a, that's a common fear. Like, is my baby, will I not think it's cute? But I don't, I don't believe that. Oh, I mean, I know it's not cute. I looked at my newborn photo and I'm like a red blotch and my hands are doing alien shit. Yes. Who was in charge of those pictures at the hospital? They, do they still do that? Do they call in JCPenney still? And they're yes. like, they do. They they ask you if you want someone to come in and take photos. Yeah. You, uh, and said, you can apply for that job. Someone sent that to me oh. when I was first starting off as a photographer. Like, do you want this job? I was like. Hell no. Isn't it funny the stuff that people suggest to you about what you should do with your camera? They're like, oh my God, you could take school photos. And I'm like, or I could jump off a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No Thank thanks. you. Yeah. I, yeah. The zoo is hiring. Did you know the zoo is hiring for the, for the, for the kids center? Oh. Oh, I was like, I'll take a picture of a leopard. I'm I not like, taking yeah, a if picture. If we're talking animal photography, I'm in. Because no. I was like, I'm confused where you're going. No, am I like yeah. there's been a lot of those moments where I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, what part of me owning my own business has led you to believe that I am not doing it? Yeah, hard <laughs> like, pass. What part of you? I don't know. So oh, I'm I, sorry. I forgot I asked for your input. Oh, God. <laughs> God, people are the worst. But Jess, did you have anything okay. else before Jerry gets Yeah, okay. Advice? So I just wanted to say this and thank Jerry for talking realistically and honestly about pregnancy and motherhood because I'm just going to reference Amy Schumer in this is something that I've came across recently on TikTok which may led me down like a rabbit hole of her documentary and then her experience um she had a really like terrible pregnancy had a lot of issues a lot of pain but um she I want to quote her um so she quotes I don't resent my pregnancy I resent everyone who hasn't been honest. I resent the culture of how much women have to suck it the fuck up and act like everything is fine. I really resent that, end quote. Um, just talking about the realities of pregnancy, um, like you and your journey of miscarriages, and then also right. like having to be on these shots and pills that you don't think should have pills being injected into. Like you said, it's like right. that. that is so realistic and so honest. And I feel like we all talk about motherhood and and pregnancy to be this beautiful thing but it's also like we go through some real shit not we because i haven't yet but yeah i appreciate that um yeah there's a lot of shit that goes on too someone gave me a video of like what it looks like to pee to use the restroom after you after you have a baby and i i'm traumatized i'm like what the fuck no one tells me this i mentioned this in the episode where i talked about forest birth story i had a nurse squatting (laughs) <laughs> because she needed she needed to measure my pee and she was squatting with a squirt bottle squirting squirting my throbbing vagina trying to <laughs> trick it into peeing she's like if you get it wet it'll think that it's already peeing and i'm like i don't think it will i don't think that it will please stop i don't Spray think it's a pet what are you talking about <laughs> it was wild it was wild <laughs> but yeah it's the thing about pregnancy and motherhood is there's so much toxic positivity around Mm, it and that's good it is incredibly frustrating because you suffer in silence so much and you feel like you're the problem because your experience isn't the one that's being shared most often Mm. and so you feel broken you feel like you're a bad mom because 
you are not feeling like you're glowing. You're not feeling this connection. You're not feeling this undeniable warmth and like you are a literal flower sprouting from the ground. No, it fucking hurts. And you're sick and you're tired and you're miserable. Your hormones are all over the place. And I don't want to shy anyone away from pregnancy, but people don't talk about that. The same way they don't talk about the fact that the reason they say pregnancy is a miracle or childbirth is a miracle is because the amount of things that have to go right to have a child is like there isn't a number that I know how to say yeah (laughs) the stars have to align and when you're in school you don't learn what happens if those stars don't align and so when I had my first miscarriage I was completely blindsided completely and then after we lost Jonah which was our second I was unaware that you can experience postpartum depression without a child. So my hormones from the severe drop, I was suicidal. I was, and that's why when I talk about it, like retreat yourself saved my life. Like, I don't know if I've ever said that to you, but it did. Don't do that. (laughs) It did. I swear to God it did. And It changed my perspective on a lot of things and it allowed me to heal and start a different path for myself that I chose. And I'll be honest, on this new path, I don't know if kids would have been on it. Mm. And it's because I didn't know that was an option. And that's on (laughs) just society and telling women that their worth is in being a mom. And that's not always the case. Now, I feel a great sense of responsibility and I'm so happy that I get to be a mom to two boys and that I get to have this influence on them and teach them about the world and hopefully make them really incredible men. But at the same time, like, I know myself differently now. I'm happy with my path. I'm happy with where I am. But I don't want people and women specifically to think that motherhood is the path and it's on a timeline and that's you will not be complete until you reach that you know right right I love that Jerry thank you thank you for talking openly and honestly about that like that means so much to someone who wants to enter motherhood soon you know so that is that means a lot to me. Although Jess and I have a fucking pact. <laughs> and if she breaks this fucking pact. I didn't sign shit, but I understand. A call to sack was promised. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, were going to share a backyard. So Jerry's good. She'll pull at the hard strings. Jerry's fucking good. God, I'm I keep you around for a reason. We, we literally talk every day. I watched a lot of Boy Meets World. I have so much <laughs> Mr. Feeney in me. I can't even tell you. <laughs> Oh my God, Boy Meets World is my life. I've just started Honestly. rewatching. I just started rewatching like from start, like season one. Yeah. And I've actually got Joe onto it. And my husband was and he, he not on it? it? He, no, he, he wasn't wasn't awake? on it. He wasn't was on he it as alive? a kid. And, he, and it's like, it's so relevant to today. He's like, yeah. that's so crazy. They were so ahead of its time and that it still carries through. But yes, Mr. Feeney is so wise and so perfect. And I feel that in you, Terry. And that's why <sighs> I love you. And that's why I you're love Jerry that. I connect. Feeney. I love that. 
Okay, Jerry, okay. let's get into yeah. your like. So, like, yeah, let's get into these things we need to know before we we enter into this stage of our lives. Okay, so I've got five things. Okay. At first, I forgot what I titled this because I've done I did it like two weeks ago, and I read in my notes top five things BK, and I was like, oh my god, is this my favorite Burger King list? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> It stands for before kids. I got it. Send that to us. Chicken so, fries. Chicken fries. That's also valid information. So we're into, we're into that as well. <laughs> so first is Whopper Jr. No tomato. Um, <laughs> uh, the first one is understand the commitment. And that sound like people always make the joke like have a plant and then have a dog and then have a kid. Okay, here's the deal. Both a plant and a dog can survive without you when you leave the house and you're not going to get arrested for leaving it in a car mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's bigger than that okay and it's not just a financial commitment because everyone says you know you need to be financially stable make sure you have all your ducks in a row because it's a, a big financial commitment and children are a big financial commitment but it's also a big time commitment it's 24 <laughs> 7 it's 24 7 job and it is you have a finite amount of energy and you have to give all of it to that child because they can't do anything. Ollie's two, and he still needs me for literally everything. So, and it's a commitment not only from you, but you're taking away whatever amount of energy you have from your partner, mm. from your hobbies, from your career, for your goals. So thinking about what you want your life to look like when a kid enters the chat, like... It's all different. So, and if you, for me, I, I've said this before, but when I was growing up, having a job like I do now, not an option, not an option. So it was, you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you get married, you have a job and then you have a kid and then you repeat your daily life until you die. That's it. And when I had my first miscarriage and I realized like this is not what life has to be and then I had my second and I'm like you know what why am I doing this Mm. why am I doing this to myself and it's not that I didn't want a family but I was finding myself being split in a bunch of different ways when really I was only being pulled in one Mm. and I wanted to pursue photography and I wanted to pursue a podcast. I wanted to pursue this life of being a hundred percent authentically myself. And that person, your authentic self is always changing, but a commitment to a child is for their life. So you having that ability to change and adapt and, and morph into someone new becomes limited. So Mm. I now realize that when I decided I wanted to be Jerry Stein photo or I wanted to be Jerry of ladies and tangents I was also Jerry a mom Mm. and I cannot give a hundred percent of myself to my creative endeavors and I can't give a hundred percent of myself to my children and part of me resents that and I hate the fact that I look at my children sometimes and I think I just need you to go to sleep because I have stuff to do Right. And then I hate looking at my job and thinking, I do not want to do you right now. Be- do you? <laughs> I don't want to do you. Do you I, don't weekend. To- <laughs> I don't want to do this right now because I want to go outside and run with my kid. 
And so now I can't love the two things that have always been something that's been put on my heart because they happened at the same time. And I didn't allow one to fully develop before I entered the other one, you know? Right. Wow. I remember when you were going through, it was a very interesting time in your life, especially to be your friend as someone who is like hoping and praying for you. Like, it was like your actions were going one way until genetic ch- testing and getting your uterus examined. I don't fucking know all the shit that you were doing. But then there the were other so part many you, people up in my parts. Yeah, there was a lot of uterus action going on. Yeah. <laughs> but then the other part of you, you and Shane were like, we're going, we're moving to Washington. Like you'd gone to Seattle, you were scoping shit out. And, but it was yeah. like you were being torn in like, two different like quite literally like your actions and your dreams right it was like your actions yep. were like i need to get to the bottom of why the fuck i can't stay pregnant yep. and your dreams were like well fuck it <laughs> let's go to yep. washington yeah you know and so but Jerry, that's... i go ahead go ahead no i just want to ask how how you navigate that then if all of these things are pulling you in different ways like how do you fulfill all of these roles so that's on trauma <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my number two is to get into therapy before you have children, because Mm -hmm. I did not do that, despite how many times Rachel told me to. (laughs) Um, You're there now, Jerry, and that's all that therapy police. Somebody get me a badge, baby. (laughs) Honestly, I now realize, (laughs) oh, my gosh, merch for you guys. Just make patches that say therapy police. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) wait, we love that. We love that for us. (laughs) Um, So I realize that a lot of my trauma comes out in this toxic need to be perfect and to succeed. So one of the things I struggled most with with my miscarriages was feeling like a failure. I felt like my body is broken. The one thing I am supposed to be able to do that sets me apart from a guy, like the for sure, you can't do this, <laughs> is have a baby. And I couldn't do it. And not only could I not do it, I genetically was set up in such a way that it would like yeet my kids out of me. <laughs> yeet. <laughs> yes. So I come up with just needed needed to have a kid in my head to prove to myself that I wasn't broken, Mm. that I wasn't a failure, that I could persevere in the face of adversity, despite pain, despite everything telling me now might not be the right time, just because I needed to fill this (laughs) trauma hole. Yeah. Yeah. With, a family because that was in in my head a failure i did not complete this task right one of the things you said to me i don't even know if you remember this is you said to me you were like i'm an athlete i've been an athlete my entire life this is just a competition i don't understand why my body can't do this and i'm just competing with my body at this point like it doesn't make sense to me this is a competition that was the most annoying thing in the world because I'm like I cannot do enough workouts I cannot eat a healthy enough diet to reprogram my DNA there is literally nothing I can do about this and it was the most helpless 
I've ever felt. Yeah, Ooh, I, in the like the vulnerability there, and just Fuck to feel that. so out of control with yep. that has to yeah. be so frustrating, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I know that, and a lot of it. So when I talked about when I talk about therapy, like when I was pregnant, it was a huge time for me to reflect on like who I was as a person and what, how I became who I was, you know, because now I'm responsible for making another person (laughs) and (laughs) I had to figure out like, okay, what was nature and what was nurture? What Mm. was something I was conditioned for and what was something that was just like a part of my personality and what was I more susceptible to? What did I react well to what do I like about myself what do I not like about myself and how did I acquire those things and then there's stuff like mental health disorders that run in families that are genetic and I remember sitting at a restaurant across from Shane and saying because he suffers from um, anxiety and depression and I looked at him and I said do you think you're going to be able to recognize it in our child because he remembers being suicidal for the first time when he was six and I I was like how do we how do we fix that how do we help him because he didn't know until he was in his mid-20s that he had anxiety and depression so he struggled with that forever and I'm like how do we make sure that doesn't happen to our kid and I realize now while I'm in therapy that there's a lot of toxic things that I held on to and I am having to unlearn a lot of things at the same time I'm teaching them or trying to break a cycle. (laughs) So it is very difficult. And I feel like if people have the opportunity to get in therapy before work through this trauma, unlearn these situations, these unhealthy behaviorist tactics, then it will be easier. Put them in practice now. So that when you have a kid, you're not trying to do two things at once. Because it is hard to teach what you don't know. Right. Absolutely. I weirdly felt that feeling when I started dating Josh when I was still getting over my divorce. It was like I was learning as I was being triggered by things, right? It Mm -hmm. was like something would happen and I'd be triggered and I'd be like, I don't want to react in this way this is what I want to happen and I'm just going to let it happen the way I want it to happen and I'm not going to be punished or ridiculed or feeling shame. It was like this weird like empowering but also I'm kind of like I should have a professional (laughs) helping me deal with this. Like it was weird in that like being triggered helped heal me in a way Mm -hmm. where I was like wow that was fucked up. That I don't yep. to deal with that. Yeah. But in the same way, it's like I get to be healed now. Like I yeah. get to feel good now. Yep. So, so weird. That and feeling it took is me, so strange. You know, I didn't start going to therapy until this past December and Ollie turned two. So like I went two years into motherhood. I had two miscarriages, never went to therapy, never understood what was going on. Now I don't regret it because I'm happy with where I am. Yeah. Um, I would never change anything. Yeah. But if I could give advice to other people, right. let's figure that out before because it is much harder doing it the way 
that I'm doing it now. And I know that there are a lot of people who've never done it and all they're doing now is just repeating toxic cycles and they don't realize they're doing it. Because when you do that, you have to admit that there are things you don't like about yourself. There are things that you struggle with. And it doesn't have to be a negative trait of yours. It doesn't have to mean that you're a bad person. It just means like, you know what? I struggle with perfectionism. Where does that come from and why? And how do I make sure that's not something my kid struggles with? Digging down to the root of it and finding the function of that and where that comes from. And then also that's not something I want to see in my child because I I struggle with that. I don't want them to struggle with that. Same for Shane's, you know, mental health journey as well. Like what was his answer when you asked him, would he recognize it? He said he doesn't know. Um, and that's the thing is like in children, it manifests differently. So yeah. as a kid, you don't always understand um, how to process your emotions. So they manifest more physically. So his were manifesting as uh, he was vomiting at school a lot. He was really mm. sick. He developed hiatal yeah. hernias and ulcers. So when you don't Sheesh. know what's going on up here, it'll tell you down here. It'll right. tell you in here. So for him to experience that as a kid and not know until he was an adult, his body just got in the habit of being like, we'll show you what's up, but it's going to be oh, in yeah, stomach. Absolutely. And he ended up being like 116 pounds um, before we, and he's like six foot. So like before we were, I, I've been waiting my whole damn relationship to weigh less than my husband. <laughs> <laughs> not that that we're matters. Every time I got there, he'd knock me up and I'm like, you mother... oh my god something my sister and i talked about today which i think is a lot of people especially like emotionally intelligent people people that are in like high positions or respectable positions right we struggle with our mental health because it's like i'm functioning i'm functioning like you know you had a miscarriage and you went back to work you're functioning. You're functioning fine. You're living what society expects you to live. And Mm -hmm. Laura, my sister and I were talking about that today. And it's like, what if it's not about how I'm functioning? What if it's how I'm feeling? Yep. What if how I'm feeling sucks? Fuck it. If I'm functioning, I was talking to her because like I, I need to like for eight years I was on like ADHD medic medication. When I got out of college, I just went off of it. Cause I was like, I'm not in school yeah. anymore. People don't have ADHD after school. I don't know like what I was thinking. I was just like, I don't need to be on That's it. how that works. And I'm now serious. I'm like, I'm juggling too much. Right. And it's like, I, yeah. I can't focus on anything for long enough. And you know, I'm, I'm trying to meet with the psychiatrist to like help me get back on some medication to help me. And I'm just like, I'm worried that they're going to deny me because I'm functioning fine. Like technically I'm getting everything done technically it's all going fine Mm -hmm. but like physically what's going on in my brain is too much for me to handle I feel like it's too much for me to handle but also I've been taught that like fuck you Rach you gotta handle it Mm -hmm. fuck it you have to but that's on hustle culture right that's on toxic positivity hustle culture it's like oh you're in pain oh it hurts that means it's working that means I'm gonna praise you even more when you succeed in spite of it but it's like at what cost at what cost now so I that is that's on therapy for me (laughs) that's what I'm focusing on now is saying like you know what my life experience my day-to-day 
mental health and, and how I'm able to enjoy these moments with my children and how I'm able to enjoy these moments in my businesses, that matters more than me succeeding in spite of pain. So yeah. it's a long good. Time. I've said it before. That sigh it was good. Like yeah. you, you responded in a way to Rachel's story that like that's on hustle culture. That's on something that I'm working on, but you responded in such a way that it's already working on you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep that. Rachel's behind up. the scenes. Like it is. I'm so fucking proud. Of no, you. that's huge though. It's something it's that you right. say you're working on, but you responded yeah. in a way that's like, you know it deep down. Yeah. So putting yeah. it to action. Yes. Yeah. Is another story, but it's also like, yeah. good. Yeah. Like I know, but I hope Jerry, if someone so like, is, I hope if someone else is struggling with it, they hear that and they're like, wait, I don't have to like hustle. I don't no. have to never sleep and be on my grind and do- no you don't no <laughs> you are not here to just make money and then die right i won't like shout out the like the like queen of this thing but it it it's similar to the boy wash your butt thing <laughs> you know the author i'm talking about that book yep it's mm-hmm. not that but it boy wash your butt like something like yeah. that it's it's just this like you just got put it to to the test you gotta work it and it's like fuck you whatever your name is like here's the problem silently we know who this is yeah it's it's a it's a a very famous book i know who it okay she (laughs) it it, it missed me at first but now i'm catching on okay boy that's the problem too is that a good book to start jerry if you ever want to start a new project (laughs) i just make a parody (laughs) book of it That's the thing is like I have friends who have platforms and I thought about this the other day. Um, They had a story that uh, was showing like a number 1,423 things that didn't end the world. And it was like spilled milk. And what they were saying is like, this isn't a big deal. Nothing to get upset about. Keep on going. Have a positive day. I get that for you, that spilled milk is nothing. But for someone else, that is a straw that broke the camel's back. And it does feel like the end of the world. And now, because it feels like the end of the world, seeing your post makes them feel guilty that it feels like the end of the world. It makes them feel like they're broken. They're the stupid one. They should feel silly for feeling those things. And now, instead of owning those feelings, you're like, dang, why am I feeling that? That hurts. Why, why is that my reaction to this? They're just thinking I'm an idiot for feeling this way. And that's not true. All it does is prevent them from getting to the root of it and healing. It just makes them feel shame for it. And that is something that gets me on a soapbox that pisses me off real bad. No, mostly because I suffered from it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it all goes back to talking openly and honestly about this stuff, like in the toxic positivity of it. It's like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm a mother. I hustle. I do this, that, any other. It's like, Mm -hmm. that is impossible and almost impossible from someone who's not there. It's like, I don't even, that's um, discouraging to to achieve it to it's like, I like my career. I like um, working hard. I like where my life's at. And it's like to add that to the mix on top of like all this shit that's going on. And you say it's like, we're good. Like, fuck no. Yep. Right. Yeah. That is going to be now you- very hard. And I need to talk to people who are going to be open and honest about it being hard. And yeah. I feel like I would argue that like 
most people deep down have this kind of reality where it's like, fuck that culture. But so many people are so attracted to the feedback they get from hustle culture that they'll preach it for that feedback. Because like something that I teach, like when I do workshops is like pick three things that you give a shit about, you know, maybe it's your website, maybe it's social media, maybe it's client interaction. And then the other things you're going to have to deal with, or you can outsource them. Yeah. Because in reality, if you're good at everything, good for fucking you. But if you're not, that's you're, you're the normal person, right? Like, right. I, I hate, I've, when I, it's a reason why I don't go to workshops because like mm-hmm. they're the workshops that we all know that they're now canceled. Now the shuffle and go or whatever. It, like, <laughs> I love these code names. I know we're just doing that. Like their whole platform was like, you're a fucking piece of shit. You need to work hard. And it's like, yeah, that'll motivate you for a minute. Yeah. But self hatred and is the worst motivator to get right. you to change anything in your life. It, right. It'll guilt you for a minute and then you'll go spiraling and then you'll just be in this, I'm a piece of shit. I'm never going to be good enough. Yep. Kind of like, you know, roundabout way of thinking to the point right. where you're like, I can't even get back up there again. I can't even get on top of my shit again. When right. in reality, it's like, you're a goddamn human being. Set goals for yourself that you want to achieve. Like for me, like for career, it's like, I'm not good at social media. Like I can be good at it. I understand it, but I don't have the energy for it. My cup doesn't pour into that. It pours into it approximately two times a month. And that's fine for me. (laughs) And you will all celebrate me when I do. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody send me clapping hands emojis when I post on my story. Like this bitch posted. She did March. (laughs) Good for you, Rach. Please turn on my post notifications so you know, because I'd be <laughs> dropping them in secret. They rare. They're rare. <laughs> rare spawning. Yeah. But yeah. Ugh. Jerry, you're so wise. Give me number three. Thanks. Give me number three. Okay. So number three is be prepared to lose. And that is something that no one wants to hear because it's a horrible, horrible thing to experience. And um, it's not talked about enough. And I'm so grateful for celebrity figures like Chrissy Teigen and uh, Meghan Markle who are being open, um, Christina Perry too, who are being open about pregnancy loss and late-term pregnancy loss Mm. because it's, again, such a shameful thing. It is, I am broken, I am bad, I made a mistake, I am a failure, and you just start thinking I'm, I'm broken. And I remember crying in my classroom because I had this realization that like the body that was broken in my mind, the body that was so broken lying on the bathroom floor is the same body that got up again. It's the same body that kept me going. It's the same body that went walking in the woods with headphones in and a camera like a stupid fool because someone totally could have murdered me. It's the same body that kept me going. And so reframing that, but allowing yourself to prepare for it in case it does happen, because it is not only a shock to 
you, but it can be a shock to your relationship. Mm. And I didn't know that pregnancy loss and God forbid child loss ends marriages because people don't know how to heal from it. And a lot of people go in thinking, you know, it's one in four. It won't be us. Well, guess what happened to us twice? Right. (laughs) I never thought. And like I can list people in my family, in my direct family who've experienced it. I know so many people. So I think that statistic is fucked, honestly. But I feel like understanding what it actually looks like and, and knowing, you know, if this were to happen for us, if this doesn't go well, what are we going to do? How are we going to be? How are we going to heal? How are we going to be there for each other? How are we going to communicate? And, and not focusing all of your experience being pregnant on it, because I also know that my entire pregnancy with Ollie up until like two weeks ago, I was scared I was going to lose him. Mm-hmm. You never lose oh, that fear yeah, as a mom. Sure. But like my whole pregnancy, I never wanted to get attached because I thought, what if wow. I don't get to keep him? Yeah. And so I don't want people to be afraid, but I want people to be prepared because I wasn't. Yeah. And it right. rocked me. And yeah. I want people to know, like I mentioned earlier, that you can experience postpartum depression because it is a severe hormone drop. And I didn't feel like I was able to ask for help because I didn't have a kid. So like, what was I feeling? You know, just right. like right. big sad. I was just feeling the big sad. No, like baby, you have postpartum depression. Yeah. Get help. So I don't think people understand that part of it. And I wanted to mention that part. Yeah, for sure. Jared, did you recognize postpartum depression as what it was? Like in the moment? Yeah. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, no, not until after the fact, because I believed like you don't have postpartum. I wasn't postpartum, but like I was. Yeah. I thought you're not post postpartum depression has to do with like you not wanting to take care of your baby, you know, or it's the baby blues, but that wasn't it. And something people don't talk about either is postpartum anxiety. I think it's becoming more of a conversation, but I had pretty severe postpartum anxiety after my kids were born. And that is not so much like, I don't feel like I can get up and take care of myself or my child, but more like I am afraid everything is going to kill him. (laughs) Everything. Um, and like, I remember driving with him in the car for the first time. And when I got to a stoplight, I just paused in silence and waited to hear him breathing. Cause I thought just driving in the car, he was going to be like, that was it. I feel like that's like, I feel like that is absolutely how I'll be all the time. Like I being pregnant scares the shit out of me in, in like my marriage with Dave I almost forgot what we were calling him. <laughs> I, I was just like, I'm tapping out. I don't want to do it. Right. I didn't want to do yeah. it because like I was told I'd have to go off my medicines. I was like, that's not fucking worth it for me. It'd be too stressful yeah. managing my mental health. And now I'm like more open to it as I've like, you know, gotten older or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I just feel like I will struggle. Like the other day, like I was sleeping and I was like, I need to touch my mom's dog. <laughs> Because I need yes. to know that she's still alive. What the fuck is wrong with me? She's still alive. What would kill her? She's like six. What the fuck? I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, oh, I go in all the time. We just don't talk about it I that much. I just couldn't mm-hmm. imagine the exhaustion, Jerry, of that. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. not only are you not sleeping, but you're not sleeping because you're scared that your kid might not wake up. Yeah. Like, I yep. can't even imagine that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. holy. And when you don't sleep, you start hallucinating. And that's yeah. one of the weirdest things, too. You start seeing mm-hmm. people in your house and you're like, great, now we're all getting murdered. <laughs> yeah. We done. We out here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if you weren't dead before, we're all dead now. So <laughs> <laughs> at least yeah. we're going together. No, I know. Like no sleep leads to like almost like a drunk loopy feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a psychosis. And then after mm-hmm. that comes hallucination. So it's like, we're all dead. We're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so my number four is um, discuss parenting styles because that's another deal breaker, especially because like the likelihood that two people who are having a child together um, in any type of way were raised the same way and values the same things in parenting is not likely. And you don't really think about like, oh, how was I raised? What did I like about that? What do I want to implement in my own parenting style? And like to assume that the other person that you're with, that's identical. No, (laughs) it's not. No way. And I also knew that I did not want to parent how I was parented. And so I did a lot of independent research i watch a lot of youtube because i'm not a big reader everyone is like read this parenting book and i'm like i bet someone read it already and will tell me about it in 15 minutes (laughs) so no and like like you said a lot of unlearning in that yeah which Mm -hmm. is so hard and it and it's hard if you don't have a partner who's also willing to unlearn it so like for instance we don't spank but if i was with someone who was like they're gonna learn only if i spank them that's not gonna work for me (laughs) It's just not. And so now instead of us being a team entering parenting, now we're inconsistent. And guess who picks up on that? Your kid. Your kid picks up on that. And now they're able to put you guys against each other. Now they're in the middle. Now that is where resentment can come in against you guys. And also now a kid feels guilt and feels responsible for being that wedge between you because that wasn't there before. So I think making sure that Whatever your vision is for parenting, whatever kind of human you want to raise, figuring out how to go about that and being on the same page with it. When would you encourage people to have that conversation? Like before marriage, during dating, like when honestly ASAP. Truly. Yeah. Because if you, I don't think that there is too early a time to talk about forever with someone because like. I got places to go. I got people to be with if it's not you. And if you're Mm. not willing to daydream about us being old people together, like, why am I here? I don't want to have to, like, convince you over a series of dates that, like, I'm the one. I feel like, you know, in the beginning, I think you have an idea of whether you could at least pretend with someone, you know? I'm not Mm -hmm. saying propose to me today, but if you can't even imagine playing pretend in your head about what we'd be like as grandparents then i don't know i don't know not for <laughs> then, then you gotta go yeah, yeah. i agree with it that i'm yeah. yeah 
So sure. I think that talking about that kind of, sp- and it doesn't have to be like, hi, nice to meet you. So like, what's your childhood trauma like? Although that was very much my first date. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you got to get out of the way. Yeah. I think talking about that and being, it, and sometimes you don't have to talk about it. You could like hear in a person's conversation, you're like, oh, so you like hit kids, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check. Oh, <laughs> Check, nice. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't have much else to talk about here. As far as mm, you're goes. like a get the belt kind of guy, huh? Nope, no thank you. Oh, not not for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. So, how do you? So, what what would you give advice for if like you have different parenting styles? So, obviously, you and Shane grew up in different homes, and I feel like that's just like common for you. Where do you find the common ground, and how do you find the common ground in having the same, being on the same page with parenting styles? So I'm very lucky that Shane just does whatever I say. <laughs> perfect. No, that's a perfect. Yeah, that works out. Um, no, but he really respects my view on things. Honestly, it, it kind of goes into my number five, which is get really comfortable with over communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and I were very, very open about our childhood. We were open about how our parents were in their relationship, how our parents were with us and how we use that information to decide how we wanted to be as partners and as parents. And once we knew what we wanted to look like, we kind of worked backwards and figured out, okay, how do we go about achieving that? And I have um, a bachelor's in education. I have done a lot of work with applied behavior analysis. I've worked with kids with special needs. Jess and I have talked about that before. And like, I know a lot about how development works and that's something that I communicated to him and he trusts me a lot with that so he's like not super into looking into it and so he kind of entrusted that to me Mm -hmm. but if he ever has a concern um he feels really comfortable telling me that and that's why I say get really comfortable overly communicating with each other and Part of parenting is teaching a kid something. And if you want your kid to explain what they're feeling, you need to be able to explain what you're feeling. You need to model what you want your kid to do. So if you want your kid to speak to you in a way where they are processing their emotions, they're identifying what they're feeling and they're communicating it to you, you need to do that not only to your kid, but you need to do that to your partner. And I'm not afraid to have a disagreement in front of my kids with Shane because I know that we're going to speak to each other with respect. We're going right. to handle that situation with respect. And if we're going to disagree, we're also going to reconcile in front of them because just as important as it is for my kids to know how to have a confrontation, it's also important for them to hun- understand how to have a reconciliation. So yes. because conflict is inevitable, how you deal with it, is what's important. Mm-hmm. So me being able to identify what I'm feeling and just lay it all out for Shane is so helpful for him to understand me. And it's helpful for my kids when they're having their big emotions to feel comfortable coming to me or having them in front of me. They don't hide them from me. I don't yeah. tell them you're fine. Quit crying. <laughs> right. No, baby, you cry. You cry with mama. We're all crying here in this house. Yes. Right. It's so good to model that. I love yeah. that. It's yeah. a new like a new perspective that I've heard. It's like I'm not afraid to 
have a disagreement with your husband because you're modeling that because you know it's going to be you know reciprocated with respect on his end and then they watch the conflict unfold and then the end result yeah huge right I think modeling is so huge like I believe that like I had a fairly like healthy childhood right I had like a very present mother a little bit later my dad got there like my parents (laughs) split up but like like my parents like they never made me feel like I was like less than they always made me feel very like they were very proud of me like but like I remember crying alone in my room whenever I had Mm -hmm. a big emotion right because like they didn't model any sort of confrontation I never saw my parents fight I never saw them kiss like I only saw them when they were like playing with us or eating dinner. And like my one-on-one relationships with each of my parents are wonderful. But like that modeling behavior is how humans learn. Right. And like, especially as like children who are nonverbal for a long time. Right. Like they need that. Like how you can have a big emotion verbalize it and talk to someone you love about it like they can't rationalize and you're still going to be loved after it yeah exactly like they hug and kiss Mm -hmm. after after it it's fine like I remember being frustrated with my dad and just going into my room and just sobbing and like drawing his face and scribbling it out (laughs) like my dad is Uh, so mean so many yearbooks were ruined by me in my room with a marker (laughs) dude it's more like where you like they're like, go up to your room, right? And you'd shut the door so silent. You'd be like, <laughs> at the door, you would, oh. you would just, I would rage, like shake, but be so quiet so they wouldn't hear it. My sneak ass would go back to the steps and I'm like, see, so you bitch is still talking about me? Because hmm? I'm listening. <laughs> so I am here on the steps. Oh my God. I know. And I'm about to take it to my journal that I have to type a passcode into that you don't know. And I'm about to write about you in it. Yes, passcode <laughs> and it opens on its own. Oh my gosh, oh, I got that. I will magic never forget of that journal. I will never forget my sister's voice activated. Voice activated. Oh um, my god, diary because her and I had the same voice and I was a mutant ninja turtle, so like I have always I've been my sister's age since I was 8. So she's 4 yeah. years older than me, but like I I just I'm I'm built different. I was built I w- I was I don't know what it is. Creatine? <laughs> what? <laughs> But I just remember, I remember hearing her say that, that what her password was, which was Jay, which was her, her crush. Oh, it's always your crush. Crush in the sixth grade. Jay. Mine was Mike. And I remember opening it. Jay. And I remember being like, bitch, I'm a CIA agent. I got this. Laura's going to listen to this. My sister is set. I'm My sister and codes. I were not friends until she graduated from high school. We hated each yeah. other because I was such a little bitch. I was so <laughs> terrible. I was like the as an older sister, sis. I have to take her side. You should get out of her passcode. Yeah. Well, it was Jay. She could have made it longer. Honestly, that's on her. <laughs> <laughs> Be I more mean, his clever, name should guy. have been longer. What kind of fucking name is that? Yeah, she at least needed, like, what do they require now? An exclamation point or something? Yeah, and a special character, at least. Yeah, for sure. J, exclamation point, and sign. <laughs> <laughs> Two underscores. 
<laughs> okay, Jerry, I have a question from you personally. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. With your background in special education, mm-hmm. as am I, um, do you feel like that, like, you were well-equipped going into parenthood? Because we've seen it all. Like, spilt milk ain't nothing, right? So it's yep. like we've been through the trenches. It's really difficult. You definitely pick and choose your battles. Do you feel like that was good groundwork yes and no yes and no so um whenever people see me mothering they the comment I always hear is Jerry has so much patience oh my gosh Jerry has so much patience and I literally respond like I have a degree in patience Yeah. yeah that is what I went to school for because I've had people pin me up against a wall um, and tell me they were going to injure me. I've had people um, just like out of nowhere smack me. I've had people just like screaming. Um, so like I definitely learned what patience was. The reason I say no is because I do not like um, a, a lot of special ed is about behaviors and it is all about increasing behaviors you like and decreasing behaviors that you don't. Right. And a lot of times there are tactics used to a- acquire that that I don't agree with. So a lot mm-hmm. of praise, a lot of bribery, a lot of um, removal of things, a lot of yeah. timeouts. None of that is like cool in my house <laughs> because yeah. I think it is a very toxic thing to raise a kid in because they don't understand why you're doing it so like time out for instance if your kid makes a mistake because they're a kid normally the mistake that they've made is because they didn't do something that you wanted them to do or in the way that you wanted them to do it and so now you have put them in a corner first of all that's dehumanizing and embarrassing and you have now told them I don't like you right now (laughs) I don't like what you've done I don't want to see you right and as a person as an adult if someone did that to me (laughs) instead of just saying like hey I don't really like what happened there and here's why can we try something else next time do you see how different you feel in that moment that is what I would say is different for me about parenting than teaching Um, And I didn't often use a lot of behavioral tactics with that, but like sometimes because of just how kids on the autism spectrum are, they They do require, yeah, some kind of routine or some kind of reward and and encouragement to do these things. But for me and my space and my kids, like I don't want, um, I don't clap for my kids when they do things. If they clap for themselves, dope I love that you love that you did that (laughs) I want you to be happy I want you to be proud of yourself I don't want you to do something to make me clap I don't want you to succeed at something and then look at me and say like was that good enough wow did I do a good job yeah thanks I didn't come up with it but thank you (laughs) well you're practicing it that's the fucking hard part 
Anybody can yeah. come up with an idea, putting it into your own children's minds and making that cognitive effort as a parent every single fucking day. That's the thing about being a parent. It's not like a job you get to just like leave like for for yep. your trip to Cabo. Like you are actively doing all this shit every day, Jerry. It's huge. And that is yeah. huge and huge, impressive huge, huge. and wonderful. And <laughs> I'm so tired. that's such a huge and it's like that's a lot of unlearning too just with my background Mm -hmm. in this field um you just get used to it right you i do it with dogs i am in the process of training dogs so it's like positive reinforcement and it's and it's and it's interesting too how you'll be when you parent you know yeah and and i know that was one of the things when i was reflecting was like i seek approval to a point of ignoring my own needs. Yeah. I will ignore what I want, what I like, what brings me joy because I want to make you happy mm. other person, but for what? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want my kids to grow up and just want to please me. I don't want them to just grow up and want to please other people. I want them to have this intrinsic motivation and be proud of themselves just because they accomplished something that they wanted to, not because they felt that th- this pressure from outside sources to do it. I love that. Yeah. That's cool, Jerry. That's generally something I've never like thought about. Yeah. Um, very cool. Cause you don't really get into deep with people's parenting styles or. Oh, cause it's they... like bad news. And like, I don't judge anyone for how they no. parent. Like you do what you need to do in your space. Every to kid's keep different too. Your mind. Yeah. But yeah. this is what we other do kids here. can be like hella <laughs> well, behavioral, and it's like you have to take yeah. that that extra yeah. measure, like yeah. because that didn't work, yeah. right? So right. it's well, like like this things is, will look this different. Is like real though, like I was literally talking to my sister today, who's like, I, she probably won't mind me saying this. I'm gonna say it anyway. Fuck you, Laura. <laughs> but <laughs> you just um, dog her. You're like, but everyone knows your password now, Laura. Hey, I know. Yeah, we're we're Jay. in now. Um, but she was saying like, and it's something I struggle with too, like knowing when you're proud of yourself because like she, as a one, like a, a diagnosed type A perfectionist doesn't know. Like she's like, I've my whole life have been working to impress other people, whether that be my parents, my teachers, my friends, my partner, you know, yep. And she's like, how do I know when I'm proud of myself? So, like, instilling that in a young age. You know, like, I'm over mm-hmm. here trying to be a therapist. Or I'm like, dye your hair pink. Do something the childhood of you would be really excited about. I don't <laughs> fucking know. I don't fucking yeah. know anything what I'm talking about. Don't listen to me. Use Kool-Aid if you want to just a temporary situation. Uh, oh, my God. Maybe. I've always wanted to do that. But I'm so scared because my hair is, like, such Perfectly a unique color red. that I, like, yeah. I don't think Kool-Aid Keep could it. really do anything. It's sugar. Honestly, no. It's and already cool. Red dye number four. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, I just think that's so because it's like you know my sister's thirty years old and like it's yeah. it's carried this like because I think it's you as a parent you want your kids to know that you're proud of them. That's so normal. That's so mm-hmm. normalized and but it's they, not negative. But them looking oh, yeah. to you for it for that before they feel it themselves. Right. Right. And that's the thing that's the problem is not with how we were raised always. (laughs) It's not always a problem because it was meant with good intent. They had no idea 
the outcome of this. Sierra and I did an episode about growth mindsets and fixed mindsets. And it was all about like this mentality of telling a kid they're so smart. Sounds like a great thing. But when you just hear I'm smart, what do I have to work for? I am naturally smart. Why would I have to try? And then when I meet some kind of obstacle and I encounter failure, I'm not supposed to fail. I'm smart. Now what's my motivation? Now, instead of wanting to overcome, I just go into a deep hole of feeling like I'm a piece of shit and a fraud. Where a kid who is told, like, you worked really hard. Mm -hmm. You worked really hard to do that and you never gave up. Is now Mm -hmm. going to think, you know what? No matter what my grade was here, I worked hard and I didn't give up. And I can continue to do that. And I can try harder next time. And I can do things differently next time. It's all a mindset thing. And we don't mean to do this. We have the best intentions. But now we have more information. We have other data. And we just have to adapt. I love that. I love that. Because I feel like my cheerleader ass would be like you did so great you're so smart <laughs> I, I feel like I'm and a- then i'm like gonna and joe and i feel like joe is gonna be like you, you're asking work harder that's for sure yeah. you know <laughs> but it's just this is just so refreshing yeah. it's so good and it's so knowledgeable and it's mm. so real and i love that for us and for you and for your kids because you're raising men good yeah, men good and men i'm um, freaking trying I hope okay, they are good the to whoever their do. partners are in the future. Yeah. We Okay, so we got to navigate into the Q&A. How got are it. we all doing on having to pee? Do you want to pause? Could, yeah. Could get wine. Could get more wine for me. And I could urinate. Honestly, I'm I'm dry and empty. So she okay. Empty yeah. and then fill. You know what I mean? Okay. 